Hi, I'm Dr. Karen Becker, and every day this week, Mercola Healthy Pets is excited to bring you a special interview with a variety of animal professionals and pet lovers that will help bring awareness to the Companion Animal Nutrition and Wellness Institute's latest project. It's called the SPAN Partnership, or the Student Partnership in Animal Nutrition Program. This innovative program provides veterinary students and vet tech students with educational opportunities to learn about companion animal nutrition from unbiased board-certified veterinary nutritionists. Enjoy the interview and consider supporting Can We Span program this week. Okay, so Ronaldo, tell me a little bit about yourself and um, you're, you're super passionate about what you're doing and for good reason, but tell our audience a little bit about what you're doing. Yeah, so I'm the founder of PetPlate. I uh, started the company back in 2016, and I started PetPlate really for my dog, Winston. Um, prior to starting PetPlate, I was a consultant, and I ended up consulting for a bunch of pet food manufacturers just by happenstance. And really being on the factory floor, seeing all the ingredients go in, I, I kind of started asking myself questions about why it was okay to feed certain ingredients to my dog that like I would not be able to eat. Um, and I became really passionate about the idea of, you know, what they call human-grade pet food, which back in, you know, early 2016 was a really novel idea and novel concept. And, you know, I got really excited and partnered with the veterinary nutritionist to design meals for my dog, Winston. He loved them. Um, some of my friends expressed interest. And then I realized that there are millennials and pet parents all across the country that uh, really wanted the same thing for their dog that I did. And, uh, you know, just kind of took a leap of faith and started Pet Plate, like as I mentioned, back in January 2016. And we were doing a local test in New York City and we got really great uh, feedback from customers and just have been able to scale the business since then. And so I, of course, am wildly inspired by your story. And I love hearing, I love hearing these stories because you're providing better quality, fresh food, human grade, well-balanced foods, which really weren't available when you started. I mean, really hard to come by. And yet, Ronaldo, you're getting the same feedback that I get. The general response from board certified nutritionists is, you know, fresh food doesn't have a whole lot of research behind it. So despite the fact that you're partnered with a qualified nutritionist to formulate your foods, how are you addressing people that say, but there's no research? Well, you know what? First of all, we have to qualify that the people that are saying that are producing kibble only. You're the, the biggest people challenging your your product mm -hmm. and the products that I recommend are people producing kibble that aren't producing fresh food. But I would say the number one issue I get from people, veterinarians, other companies is, you know, this new age, this new wave of feeding, there's no science behind it. How are you addressing that? Yeah, you know, because I, I actually think that there is a lot of science behind it. Um, AFCO in, uh, in the U.S. has made it very clear what's a complete and balanced diet for, uh, for dogs as well as cats. And it's really easy for us to send our food to labs to do the testing and to give pet parents the, um, you know, the, uh, the comfort that the meals are complete and balanced, just the same as kibble, just with higher quality ingredients. I also think that now a lot of people are just far more educated. Um, people are getting educated about what they're putting in their own bodies, and that's directly translating to what they're deciding to do for their pets. Also, you know, I think when you combine those things together, the fact that we are actually, you know, testing our food, making sure that it is safe not only from um, being complete and balanced, but also from a pathogen level. At PetPlay, we make all of our food in a USDA facility. So I think all of this honesty and transparency we provide as a company actually you know, allows people to get A, a sense of comfort, as well as B, to see kind of the science behind why we think this is a great alternative for their pets. And you know, I've had conversations with um, a number of vets. And as soon as you say like, oh yeah, 
here's our nutritional information. We really find that it kind of you know, eases a, a lot of uh, a lot of pet parents as well as veterinarians' concerns. And I couldn't agree more. And the fact that you're so transparent in wanting to provide that information, yeah. you know, you do a great job of saying, here's our, you know, here's our complete nutritional analysis. And you've done a great job of making sure that you're providing everything that pet parents need to feel comfortable in making a decision to change from a feed grade or animal grade, highly processed food to a food grade or human grade, freshly created food, which is fantastic. Why do you think, Ronaldo, that this market is growing so fast. That's something that a lot of kibble manufacturers don't want to talk about, uh, but the fact is it's one of the fastest growing segments of the pet food industry, and there's a lot of reasons for that, but what's your take on why so many pet parents are looking for alternatives at this point to traditional kibble? I think it just makes sense to pet parents, right? You know, I, when you really start, you know, doing research behind how we ended up feeding our dogs kibble, you start to scratch your head and ask a lot of questions. Uh, and also, I think the product that we make speaks for itself. Uh, you know, we pre-portion all of the meals based on the dog's weight and caloric needs. It's a really personal experience on the website when you order. And I think just that entire customer experience, um, you know, just gets customers really excited and something that is really hard to do when you're just putting kibble on a shelf, for example. So I think a lot of that is what's led to some of the success in the direct-to-consumer fresh pet food industry. Um, but, you know, I think the majority of uh, what's really kind of causing this is people, particularly in the U.S., are trying to get healthier themselves. And, you know, unfortunately, our pets have kind of followed in um, some of the negative health trends that um, we've seen in people over the past, you know, you know, 20, 25 years. 60% of dogs and cats are obese, right? Many are getting diseases such as cancer, et cetera. People are starting to ask their questions about why. Why is this happening? And uh, I think largely for people, it, the answer ended up being, you know, what are your nutritional choices? And they're finding that that's the same for their pets. So really just people are able to put the puzzle pieces together and no longer just falling for faulty marketing um, or uh, you know, potentially false marketing or marketing claims. They're really looking at products, trying to understand, you know, is this something that actually can benefit my dog? And does it actually make sense? Is this something that is natural? Is this something that I would you know, consider feeding to myself? And if not, why, why would I want to feed that to you know, my dog, my cat, you know, an important member of my family? So we've been able to piece all of that together and just kind of connect that to the transparency angle. And I think that's what's causing the growth in the industry. And I think the other companies that Pet Play competes with in this space are uh, doing a great job as well. Yeah, and I could not agree more. There's an entire category of fresh food manufacturers doing it well, doing it right, doing it completely transparently and providing, I think, pet parents, including myself, options to finally potentially begin yeah. to have some restored faith within the pet food industry. Yeah. We've all been damaged. And I think the only option, the only way out mm -hmm. through a commercial product is being incredibly transparent. So companies like yours are a huge breath of fresh air yeah. for so many of us looking. And if we don't have time to make the food ourselves, okay, I have to know in my heart, I'm partnering with a company that would do it as well as I could do it if I was able to do so. Exactly. And, you know, at Pet Play, we make all of our meals at the USDA facility. We're actually the only pet food made there. We work with our veterinary nutritionists to design all of the supplement meat, um, supplements that are added to the food to ensure that it's complete and balanced. So, you know, we actually, we do a lot to make sure that we're um, living up to the promises we're making to pet parents. And, you know, we're just trying to be an example here. And hopefully, you know, the traction in the space just causes 
you know, kibble manufacturers and what food manufacturers are really up their game as well. You know, for us, it's really, I think, just trying to really support the movement um, that's kind of been pushing the uh, human grade, uh, you know, pet food industry, really to try to expand that as much as possible. Well, you're doing a fantastic job. We love your passion and we love your commitment to providing better quality foods for animals. And we appreciate you, really, your desire to move the entire industry forward, which is um, fantastic. And the more that we all work together, the more we're going to be capable of doing that. Thank you, Ronaldo. No, great. Thank you so much. So what I'd first like to see or talk to and have you introduce yourself. Who are you? <laughs> Who are you and what do you do? <laughs> I'm Renee Streeter. I'm a board certified veterinary nutritionist. I do consulting for the pet food industry, making formulas, reviewing formulations, as well as do clinical consults for patients in need of nutrition information and services and formulations. So why did you decide to become a board certified clinical nutritionist? <laughs> it's a mouthful even for us, isn't it? I know, I know. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I really like food. <laughs> You're a foodie. <laughs> yes, I am. And I really like feeding things, people or animals. So um, it seems like a good fit. I really enjoyed, you know, even in undergrad, my nutrition classes. And um, then I just kind of really got into it. I did nutrition before vet school for large animals and um, just kind of had to stick with it. You know, once I got into it, I couldn't let go. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, I think it's, it's an interesting, you, you actually had an animal science background. So mm -hmm. a lot of your training then was in large animal. Um, do you work mostly now more with dogs and cats? type nutrition or are you still doing some large animal horses, cows, things like that? I very rarely do large animal nutrition now. It's primarily dogs and cats. With moms and dads attached to them, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. A little bit different mentality, but nonetheless. <laughs> excellent, excellent. So one of the things I wanted to talk a little bit about is, you know, where um, nutrition education is in our veterinary schools. What we're doing, um, the nonprofit Companion Animal Nutrition and Wellness Institute is we're going to this fall, we're running this fundraiser and we're interested in getting funds to educate students, students that are going to be veterinarians or veterinary technicians. Um, but I'd, I'd like your perspective on where you think uh, nutrition education is in our veterinary colleges today. Yeah, so I can answer that question based on the experiences I've had with just a few colleges, right? And then what I hear from other people, other, you know, professors and universities and students as well. Um, but it, what I can tell is that it seems quite variable, the amount of nutrition that the students are exposed to. There are schools uh, that require the, a nutrition class, and then there are schools where it's an elective. Um, and in the schools where it's an elective, obviously, typically, um, the students who don't take it have very little exposure um, to nutrition. Not that they don't get any, they'll learn nutrition in their various internal medicine classes or things of that nature, but it's not to the same degree 
as those that have it required. Yeah, like some of, some of the veterinary schools we know have established actually nutrition services and boarded mm -hmm. nutritionists like ourselves who run those services. So it would be those colleges that probably have the, you know, the courses that are required. But there are, like you said, um, colleges that don't have that. Now, at Ross, did you have a nutrition um, classes there or what was that like? We did have nutrition classes required at Ross and it was fairly intensive, I have to say, and there were a number of students who struggled through that class because it, it's deceivingly difficult. <laughs> I actually um, tutored and TA'd that class at Ross because there were so many students that, that struggled um, thinking that it was going to be an easy class and then discovering that, oh, this is really a... <laughs> A meaty subject that I have to learn. Um, so yes, I would say that the nutrition class at Ross is um, pretty intensive, but not, you know, it seems like not everybody has that. Yeah, and so I think in the colleges, um, just across, it, it is, it's variable. There, um, I think some of the colleges don't have as well established, like you said, it would be brought into maybe their internal medicine or uh, maybe fourth year when they're on clinics and training. So, you know, knowing that, um, what is your perspective? I mean, what are some ideas that you would have or maybe could offer um, to improve the nutrition training of our veterinarian students? How is there any thought that you have that maybe we could look at to provide better nutrition education to veterinary students? Yeah, I mean, obviously, the simple answer is, of course, require a new a nutrition class for them, but that's easier said than done. Um, when it's not possible, and even when it is, I think what I'm seeing from students when I teach, um, as well as you know, veterinarians who are out, um, is that they understand what diets they've been told to use for what problems, and they can. <laughs> we're having a visitor. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> this is Rosalind. She oh. feels like she needs to be the center of the universe so she can only see her ears. Say hi, Rosalind. Oh, hi, Rosalind. She said, I heard you talking about food. I have an opinion. <laughs> Don't look at her body condition. It's a work in progress. That's all right. <laughs> uh, anyways, I think, you know, in terms of um, what I think they should learn more, I really would love to see the students focusing more on what nutritional goals we need to manage what particular diseases and less about when you have this problem you reach for x y or z diet mm -hmm. um, because the the problem with that obviously is not just that it it narrows their scope of what they can use in practice but what I have seen is it also means that they may be ignoring a situation when there's multiple issues you know like if there was kidney disease and pancreatitis, for instance, they may not realize that feeding um, a commercial renal diet may be also high in fat and not great for pancreatitis. Mm -hmm. so yeah. I would like to see that happen a bit more. Yeah, I think the, the education um, with the veterinary therapeutic diets, like the medicine type diets that um, we get used to prescribing, that's kind of 
that sometimes is kind of it. So, and you know, I'm, I'm sure you still deal with clients or have dealt with clients. I mean, clients have lots of questions about nutrition. Um, they want to know, you know, more nutrients. Um, you know, we have a lot of problems with overweight. And do you feel like our students are, are adequately prepared to answer some of these questions? No, I don't. I feel like they have gotten an answer from one or two people and you know those are people they trust which is great um but then they repeat what they've heard um which may not always be <laughs> the, the whole truth um so i think it would be good if they could you know broaden their horizons a little bit and have a a, a greater understanding of the pros and cons of the different uh not just nutrient parameters, but ingredients are a huge thing that owners are asking about. They really want to know about particular ingredients. And to have to be able to have an educated discussion about the the pros and cons of those ingredients or types of diets mm -hmm. is going to go a long way with developing trust with that owner, um, as well as helping that pet find the best diet for it at that moment. And, and maybe that means you know, there's a variety of diets that pet would do well on, but to, to have that educated discussion with the owner, um, I think is going to be important. And at this point, I think it's easier to just repeat the mantra of, you know, this is good, this is not good, end of story. And, and that doesn't get you very far anymore. Yeah, I, I feel that way too. I think pet parents, um, obviously because of, you know, internet and, um, you know, they're passionate. They're passionate about these are their children. Um, they want to do the best and, and they're really looking for our veterinarians to, to be able to answer those questions. Um, and, you know, you bring up a good point, the, the pros and cons of diet. What's been interesting to me is um, I think we're seeing some, you know, instead of the traditional dry food and canned food, and like you said, that's it, you know, this is, this is, you know, we're seeing this growth in like this fresh food industry, these diets that are more homemade-like or um, have, you know, ingredients that are different from the, the traditional dry and canned. That area seems to be growing, that industry, that whole sector seems to be growing. What, what, what are your thoughts about that or why, why is that happening, you think? I think more and more people want to feed their pets like they feed themselves. And that may mean just feeding what they see as the, the freshest, most whole food option. Um, and, and that is very appealing. And to be able to look at the food and recognize what it is um, so that it looks less like a, a loaf of bread and, and more like the food that they'll place onto their plate. And they want their pets to, to, they see their pets as part of the family. They feel like they need to feed them that way. And so I, it's really growing for that regard. And maybe there's a subset of pets who really truly benefit from that type of diet with the increased digestibility. And, and once somebody sees that, um, they're gonna get on board and tell everybody, right? Yeah. <laughs> Keep growing. Yeah, yeah. And it is interesting. I, you know, it dawned on me I, a lot of, um, um, some of these newer diets, when I see them, they do, you know, like the dry can, the dry foods and canned foods will have like real foods on the label, you know, chicken, whatever they're made out of. But when they open the bag, no matter what bag you buy, they all kind of look the same. So mm -hmm. as these are become, these are part of our family, you know, to open a container and, and see something that looks like, you know, 
something that they could eat or would be real mm -hmm. food um, must be appealing to owners. Um, I think you know, I think often too, you know, even the raw foods. I think a lot of people actually turn to some raw diets because again, it looked more like food. You know, in the beginning, that whole movement was, you know, oh, maybe dogs are wolves, maybe this or that. But I think it was just another option. And now I think with the kind of fresh, almost homemade, like that's become another option as well. And, and they're just trying to look for real things that look like real food to them um, as pet parents struggle to pick the best diet. Absolutely. And it maybe feels like you have a little bit more control almost because you can, you can pick you know, a subset of ingredients. I guess you can do that for dry food too, but I really feel like being able to see what's in it. You know, the, I see the meat, I see the potatoes, I see the vegetables, you know, instead of a potato, I want to see rice. So next time I'm going to pick the rice and I don't know, I feel like that gives them a sense of empowerment as well. Yeah. That's always been a thing. For, it was always hard for me um, as a nutritionist and, kind of in contrast to what human nutritionists tell us, they tell us to eat variety or fresh. And then just as a veterinarian, I was in practice before I became a boarded nutritionist, you know, why we always kind of put them on a dry food or a canned food and boom, you sh they should eat that the rest of their life. That is difficult when in human nutrition, you're taught to eat fresh and variety. That's, there's a real contrast there. There is. And I don't think it's wrong. I, you know, I think a lot of dogs do well with consistency and don't do well with variety, you know, for a variety of reasons. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I do think, you know, it's not, if they're meeting their nutrient requirements, which we know from studies that have been done over the yeah. years and, and proven, it's not necessarily wrong to feed in that manner. Um, as opposed to humans where I think it would be considered wrong <laughs> to feed in that manner. Um, but that doesn't stop people from having the strong feeling right. that it should be as it is for people because I think my dog's a little person. So. Right. Well, I think what's nice with um, some, you know, the fresh food uh, products that are coming out that are being complete and balanced, you know, they are mm -hmm. making sure that they have all the vitamins and minerals, just like the dry food. That's probably kind of a, 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 a good safety net for pet parents who are interested in those types of diets um and you know it's i also think i imagine too it would be you could you could feed somebody feed your dog or cat maybe some of the fresh food and some of the dry in combination but i think we're hopefully some of these fresh food companies are coming forth with what we call afco complete and balanced type diets exactly yeah they there's a lot of these companies that are you know, meeting AFCO requirements for complete and balanced foods, um, both for maintenance and for growth and reproduction. So um, as long as they have good quality control in their testing to ensure that that's the case, um, I think it's a great option for people who are looking for that type of food because it's it's going to hopefully be as as good as the kibble, if if not better, because it is more fresh. Okay, so now I have to ask you a question that I didn't send um, because I was giving a talk um, to veterinarians and, you know, going on and on about pros and cons of different diets and, you know, trying to um, help them to cope with pet parents. And 
I get the proverbial from a veterinarian in the audience. So what do you feed your dog and cat? <laughs> yeah, that's what we always get, right? Right, right. <laughs> so are you asking me? Yes. <laughs> You're transferring this pressure onto me. Um, I feed first. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I do feed a prescription diet to one of my dogs. Um, because she needs it and she does really well. And so I'm very hesitant. You know, once you find one that works for your, your pet's needs, you stick with it. So one of them's on a prescription diet for her urinary issues and her, her waistline issues. And, um, the other one is currently on Purina Pro Plan. She's a high energy boxer dog. Um, though I have, um, I have bought all the I bought all the ingredients to home cook for her uh, twice, and then I ate those ingredients. And <laughs> she never got it. So um, the plan is to hopefully have her try out homemade, but it that, that hasn't happened. Um, and then the third one is on um, the cat that you just met is on Science Diet um, Adult Indoor, I think, at the moment mm -hmm. because of her waistline problem for most pets <laughs> okay so i i actually um my i got two cats no dogs and my two kitties eat uh, a variety of the therapeutic diets they're mm -hmm. healthy but i put them on um i actually looked at all the ones that i think are the most mouse-like okay <laughs> so they're on what i call mouse-like therapeutic diets and i vary it up because I don't want them to become, you know, now cats can become addicted. So they're not yeah. addicted. Right. Perfect. And, and then I, I actually make their food and I, I make a homemade diet like and it's good to do it, Renee Dr. Streeter. It is because you know what your clients go through when they make yes. it. Yes. Yes, um, I do. So <laughs> I can't I, even get started. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So yes, I, I make a little homemade diet out of chicken. I put a little kale in it so it's colored green. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. They like that. <laughs> yes, yes, they do. <laughs> I want to thank you for taking the time and talking to us today. Um, we're really looking forward to raising funds for this effort. I, I feel, um, and I'm sure you do too, I, I feel like nutrition is one of the most important parts of keeping them healthy and when they have disease, also, you know, treating them as part of the treatment. I, I feel like should be thinking about nutrition proactively. Um, we all know breeds have certain problems, so I, I just think for veterinarians to be able to proactively use um, nutrition, I, I call it our at-risk, our at-risk for being overweight, our at-risk for GI disease, things like that. Mm -hmm. um, and then when they have it, certainly, I just want our veterinarians to have that in their toolbox because I don't know, I just feel like it's huge and it can make such a big difference on our patients. So our hope is to get more education to our students so it's not just, you know, this is all I know and this is right. good, this is bad. You know, I know pet parents want that information. So I really want to thank you for helping me with this. I really hope that it goes really well and that um, we're able to accomplish all those goals. Absolutely. Thank Great. you for doing it. Thank you for working on this. Thank you. And I'm going to drag you into that education part next, just so you know. Oh, okay, great. I love it. Just, just keep pulling. <laughs> you got it. You got it. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Have a good day. You too. Bye.
All right, Alan, well, thank you for joining me. You know, tell us a little bit about who you are and the wonderful company that you started. I'd love to. Thank you for having me, Dr. Becker. My name is Alan Hansberry. I'm the co-owner and co-founder of Meals for Fido, a veterinary balanced USDA approved and inspected human grade ingredient dog food company. Yeah. Um, most of my career has been spent as an executive chef working in some of the country's finest resorts and kitchens. Um, and during that time, one of my many responsibilities was to create uh, balanced, healthy meals that were delicious for our guests. I'm fortunate enough to do it for dogs now. Yeah, that's wonderful. And did you have a, did you always know all along, Alan, that food was important for health and well-being? Um, of course, for people, but when did you connect the dots for dogs or was that just a part of what you've been doing for your pets all along? Uh, no, you know, I didn't really do it for my pets all along. Years ago, um, as a chef, I noticed a social movement where people were suddenly interested in a form of food traceability. Yeah. Uh, you know, where their food's being farmed, how it got to their table, and how healthy uh, it was for them. And food is such an important part of my life and our lives. But for, for many reasons, um, I, I think we overlooked what was actually going in our dog's food. Um, as an executive chef and a pet parent, I always trusted commercial dog food. Why wouldn't I? Um, the brand that was recommended by our veterinarian to help clear up our dog's skin issues did not help. Uh, and that's kind of when I started doing my own research and, and discovered the truth really about what actually goes into dog food, how it's made, the excessive recalls, chemicals and everything that was involved with it. So, you know, as more consumers and pet parents educate themselves about what's actually going into their dog food, they're making better choices. Uh, you know, to be able to see the ingredients um, and know that they're coming from a trusted source has become a game changer in the way that we feed our dogs. You know, pet parents are treating their pets just like family members and yeah. they're starting to feed them that way too. Well, the, the awesome thing, Ellen, is it's not just, um, pet parents want to see where the food comes from. It's not just a game changer for those animals that have the benefit of eating real, fresh, whole life food. It's actually a game changer for the pet industry. Do you know that this segment of fresh foods is the fastest growing segment of the pet food industry? And yet the pet food industry doesn't know how to deal with it because the top players aren't producing human grade fresh foods, but also veterinarians aren't being taught in veterinary schools about this fastest growing of the fastest growing segment of the, of, of the pet food industry. So veterinarians are either taught don't support it or recommend it. It's all bad or it's all nutritionally unbalanced. So I wanted to just go over with you today. I have two questions for you. First of all, um, you have partnered with a board certified veterinary nutritionist to make sure that your foods are safe and healthy. And talk to me a little bit about how, how you decided to do that and why that's important to you. Well, you know, I think it first started with uh, knowing as a chef that I could prepare all the homemade meals for my dogs that I wanted to. I could cook as much chicken and rice and feed them as often as I wanted, but I knew they weren't getting the nutrients. That was kind of the first step, um, was making sure that the food is balanced, you know. Uh, it needs to be healthy for them. And 
As far as the, uh, the movement, this is very real. Uh, pet parents want the best for their companions, uh, just as they do for themselves. And when I realized that cooking dog food for dogs needed to be balanced, that's when I, I reached out. There weren't too many uh, board certified veterinary nutritionists out there, and it took some time to find somebody that was willing to help me and educate me, uh, not only as a, as, a, as a person or a company that's gonna create dog food, but as a pet parent. I needed yeah. to gather as much information as I could to make sure that I was feeding my dogs the proper food. Uh, you know, as, as with any new concept, uh, you know, this might take time to evolve. It is growing extremely fast, um, but our consumers are educated and most dog owners uh, want the best for their pet pets. And would you say, Alan, that people coming to you seeking out your human grade, nutritionally balanced species appropriate foods, do you feel like they're coming to you because they don't trust the industry or because they, they just want to see where their food's coming from or they want to look into a bowl and see real food versus highly processed pellets, or maybe some of all of that. Do you, it, is there, yeah. Yes, it's, it's definitely a combination of all. Um, yeah. You know, we see people that want to change their dog's diet, you know. It, it's, it's, it's difficult to see people that, that treat their body like a shrine, but then at the same time, they, they're feeding their dogs, you know, not to, not to demean the kibble aspect of it, but they're feeding their dogs kibble and they really don't know what's going into it. Uh, we have that. We have people that just want a better, healthier dog. Uh, feeding dogs fresh food was a game changer for our yeah. two dogs. Um, yeah. One specifically, her skin issues cleared up within two months of feeding her fresh, balanced food. And then I just kind of look back at all the years that we, I wouldn't say wasted, but that we didn't know any better when we were feeding them kibble. Um, it, it's a much better, healthier option if you have it available to you to feed your dogs this type of food. And why do you think, Alan, right now, um, when, when pet parents contact you and say, hey, you're selling food, I'd like it, do you, do, why do you think that right now more and more people are making the decision to not feed pet food and feed real food do you what 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 do you what do you see as maybe the shift behind people deciding that they just don't want to feed highly processed foods anymore i you know i think there are a couple of reasons um some of the massive recalls that made national news in the past couple of years uh the lawsuits that are still out there with the the commercial dog food companies people are becoming more aware the information is out there for them to seek and understand uh, what they were feeding their dog as opposed to what they can feed their dog. Um, healthy, balanced, wholesome, fresh, USDA approved inspected ingredients. It's, it's a game changer, it really is. Yeah. Uh, and to be able to see whole pieces of chicken versus chicken meal or yeah. chemically separated ingredients, uh, people are becoming more educated and I think it, it might scare them to think to feed kibble, but at the same time, they absolutely and truly do want to give their pets the best that they can. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I just, I just completed an interview with Dr. Joe Barges, who's a board-certified nutritionist, and he was saying, you know, as much as people think that there's science behind kibble, <laughs> there really isn't as much science as you think. And 
even though we don't have the volume of science behind feeding real food, real food is what humans and most animals have survived on for millennia. So there is a common sense aspect to feeding real whole food that is not there with feeding a highly processed little crunchy ball. So I do think that comments, I think millennials are pushing the transparency issue. Agreed. People don't realize that, you know, chicken meal is powdered, you know, powdered chicken that comes in 50 pound bags that, you know, it's not whole fresh USDA inspected chicken. That's not what's in pet food. And I think that as people learn about that, they think, hmm, maybe I should be thinking about where my, where that chicken meals is even coming from. Is it even sourced in the U.S. and who's supplying it? And all of those questions that probably led you to making the decision that you did in terms of you're not, you're going to quit doing that and start doing something that resonates better with you, especially because you know the power of food. So what has your, what has the reception been, Ellen? I know that pet parents love what you're doing. Talk to me about the veterinary comments coming in. Well, when I, when I first started, I didn't know where to look um, about balancing the meals um, and taking the recipes and making them real and wholesome. So I started with our veterinarian um, who directed me to a couple of websites for home cooking uh, and to balance ingredients that way, there wasn't much information for me to seek. Um, I was fortunate enough, again, to find a board-certified veterinary nutritionist who was more than willing to help me create and balance these recipes. Before that, when I would go into the veterinarian's office, all they would do, unfortunately, is recommend a, I'll do the air quotes, prescription based dog food diet, uh, not to use any specific companies. Right. Um, that, was their, that was their response. Well, your dog's having skin issues. Perhaps you should feed them this. And I trusted them. Why wouldn't I? Um, you know, but the more and more I started to realize and speak to veterinarians about what they were offering, they were offering out of, uh, I don't want to say incentive, but a lack of knowledge maybe yeah. about yep. the whole food and fresh food markets that are out there. Nobody once mentioned cooking or home cooking, but again, if they did, there was very little information that they provided, um, specifically one website. But then even then, there was no information on where I was able to source the vitamins and the nutrients that needed to go into the meal. So yeah. while I was able to find, yes, I need X, Y, and Z of this in the meals to balance them, I didn't even know where to, be, to, to get those ingredients and vitamins. So sure, um, it was all just based out of repetition. Multiple veterinarians changed multiple uh, brands of dog food for one of our specific dogs and nothing helped. Nothing yeah. helped. And so now when you go to your veterinarian, who knows, obviously now you're making commercially available, fresh human grade food for yeah. dogs. What, what's his or her response to what you're doing? Are you, are you getting support from veterinarians? Are they confused? No, I wouldn't say that they're confused. There's, there's support, but you know, we've only known one of our specific veterinarians. We go to two. Um, one we've known for three years, the other one we've known for five. They, they give me compliments. They compliment the food. They say, job well done. But I don't think the trust factor is quite there yet. So that's more of a, an issue that we, or that Meals for Fido has to establish in the community. And 
we're doing that by sourcing locally, um, trying to get the word out to as many veterinarians as we can, but at the same time, we don't have the, I don't know, the marketing budget to stock an entire lobby full of yep. meals for FIDA food um, that you see in pretty much every veterinarian office that you go to. And I think that your situation is common. Most of these smaller pet food companies that are focused on unbelievable quality ingredients, they've hired the professionals needed to make sure that the recipes are safe and nutritionally balanced. You're putting your resources into your raw materials, creating great food. You're not spending your money marketing. And that, that makes it literally word of mouth. But it's interesting because this this fresh food movement that is now actually the fastest growing segment of the pet food industry, this is pushed from pet parents just like you that want different foods in the marketplace and are asking for different foods. And yet the, the top man, food manufacturers in the world are not producing fresh food. So there's this quandary, but there's also this gap of education for veterinarians even to have a balanced, unbiased, educated conversation. Veterinarians don't even really know the right questions to ask pet parents about the foods they're feeding because we didn't learn about it in veterinary school. Hence our desire to educate veterinarians and vet techs about this rapidly growing segment of the fresh pet food industry that we should all be educated and familiar with. So you're doing your you're doing exactly uh, what we're calling all pet parents to do, which is educate the people that you see and touch and talk to in your corner of the world to do what we can to bring this mission of fresh whole foods for pets forward so that we can have an intelligent, logical conversation with our veterinarian, but also those around us. So we really appreciate everything you're doing to make that happen. Thank you very much. You know, it, uh, it's been a long journey so far and we've got a lot more to go, but I think you said it very well is just educating our customers um, about what we're actually giving and providing them for their dogs to eat. You know, it's, uh, it was a tough challenge speaking with veterinarians. Yeah. Um, again, like you said, because of the lack of information they were able to provide about pet food, they could tell me everything I needed to know about a specific commercial dog food and what it was supposed to do and how it was supposed to help my dog. Unfortunately, it didn't, um, but they couldn't tell me too much about the fresh food and the real food market. And maybe I'd like to think that we're, we're going to be a part of that and a big part of that hopefully here soon. Wonderful. And we're so excited about everything you're doing. We're excited that you're providing yet another uh, alternative, a diet uh, that is a viable, fantastic option for people seeking better quality fresh food options, especially if their pets are suffering from physical issues, including skin and coat problems. What you're providing is not just a breath of fresh air for people looking for transparency and sourcing you know, issues, but you're really providing an alternative in the marketplace for people that are seeking fresh food diets with all the guesswork taken out of it in terms of nutritionally balanced. So everything you're doing is um, on par with, a, with our desire to feed animals better quality foods. And we appreciate you literally doing the hard work of <laughs> cook, cooking for us. <laughs> it's always fun being in the kitchen, you know, making real food that's better and creating new recipes and, and helping pet parents make sure that they feed their dogs balanced meals. It's, 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 it's much more enjoyable than cooking for people. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Alan, for joining me. Thank you. 
We hope you enjoyed today's interview and please consider supporting CanWe's new SPAN program to help educate the next generation of veterinary students and vet tech students about the importance of good food for pets. Donation links can be found in the article below this video. Thank you.